0: Is this real me? Is this
1: real you? Looking back, now, on my wall. Hi, I'm Joanna Bonaro, and I created a TV show called Good and Screwed, and out of that came these podcasts. Hello. Hello, and Hello. welcome
0: to, to Terrace, Terrace Truth Talking, Truth. Talking. That and was um, Amelia in the background, yes. if you heard That's her. Yes, our
1: guest, our guest. We have a guest. So today is Saturday.
0: Saturday. And we, uh, Saturday is whatever the heck we want. Yes. And
1: so we wanted to end the season with this
0: renaissance awesome oh. lady wait but i just have to interject here wouldn't it be marvelous if every day could be whatever the heck we want yes yes,
1: yes. Okay.
0: okay i know well, we're
1: creative so we can do that
0: <laughs> our <laughs> guest is super duper creative we're yes. we're kind of intimidated by no
1: her. no yes. please so our guest is amelia goertz
2: that was beautiful. Um, thank thank you. you.
0: We were talking about we, her name. We were talking about our names. And how to pronounce and them. And how to, and to pronounce, to pronounce them. them. And I said just say Amelia. Amelia.
1: <laughs> so Amelia is a singer-songwriter with her husband Harold Stefan. And they have a group called Amelia's Dream, which is a New York City based duo um and the group's blend is of folk pop and electronica music and they have they're 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 working on their fifth album i mean the accomplishments is amazing
0: and actually um we, we have her website up, and I'm seeing a picture of her husband, and he's... He's very cute. Very yes, handsome. Yes, so. He's tall, dark, and handsome. I yeah. always say he looks
2: like a better-looking version of Howard
0: Stern right now. <laughs> <laughs> No, he's much
2: better. But, you know, if there's a 1,000 people in a room, somebody... They always say to me, I knew who he was because you gave me that description.
0: Wow. Oh, okay. Oh, that's okay. good. All and right. to be honest, very I saw good. Howard
2: Stern in the street, and... I was like, why is Harold in the street with those two (gasps) chicks? And I went, now I get it. It's like a posture thing, the way they hold their body. Yeah, maybe, maybe.
1: And so Amelia is not only an accomplished musician, and they've they've worked at the Knitting Factory and done gigs at Mercury Lounge, the Bitter End, and the Apollo, which we will talk about in a little while. Um, She's also a highly accomplished and successful real estate agent with Halstead, and she's been in Brokers Weekly. She's named the top 1% of brokers in real estate. And the reason why we have this long introduction is because technically today's topic is, the left being uh, being left-brained no the being analytics of the, the analytics left, yeah. of the left-brained versus right-brained world this and is dope. why so, we need guests because yeah. our, <laughs> our guests
0: explain to us our topic <laughs> left is analytical right is creative right thank so, you amelia okay. so it's, it's actually to be succinct being
1: right-brained in a left-brained world and how do you balance your creativity with practicality Right. Yeah. so having now said all of that amelia why don't you give us because you really are, you 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 epitomize that this, this kind of whole concept of give us a snapshot of you and how it all started
2: you know, I'm the daughter of a very left-brain person. My oh. father is uh, was a scientist and an engineer. Wow. Um, and so we were brought up sort of in a very left-brain kind of world, very linear thinking. Um, he was also creative as well. Uh, he was a singer and on records when he was younger as well. Um, my sister and I did both we did a lot of left brain although i'm not the best at math i i (laughs) love my calculator um but uh you know i really was focused in art my entire life i was a uh, watercolor artist and um started writing poetry which then turned into music and uh Really was going to be a waitress while I toured with my band, and my I, since I was an art major, I went to what's called LaGuardia now it was called Music and Art back in the day. My friend said, "Why don't you try real estate? So um, you would enjoy it. It's art. So, so what is that? So you could mm, try to make a living and become yeah. I I just thought I would drop things if I was a waitress. So <laughs> I I didn't think I had uh, that quality of being able to balance it. So um, I became a real estate agent. And I would show apartments and then go on tour. And my art and creativity really fed the real estate well because I was very naturally an incredible stager. Mm -hmm. Um, You're selling a feeling, so I would stage Mm -hmm. the homes. Um, I also visualized when a buyer would say to me on a Tuesday, I would say, what's your fantasy home look like? And they would say, well, I can't afford it. I would need $5 million. And I said, well, if I could find you a mini version of it, what would it look like? Well, I would just love a kitchen and I would love outdoor space. And so I would really almost picture it in my head, like draw it out or paint it in my head Mm -hmm. and go find it for them on a Thursday. And they were like, I've been working with brokers for three years. How did you do that? And I was like, well, I was just visualizing what you said to me and found it. And it just turn into this whole crazy big business because I was just being a straight shooter. Wasn't thinking about the money because I was already making more money than I would have as a waitress and I was just trying to help people make their dreams come true.
0: Okay. So when this first started, was there any anxiety that there would be schedule issues? You know, when I, I landed up
2: getting so many referrals because I wasn't focused on the money Uh that I, you know, I started showing in jeans and sneakers with my hair in a ponytail, not a stitch of makeup on. And it just snowballed into this thing where I was like, okay, I'll go get a jacket at H&M, you know? Uh, you know, they headhunted me at the company I'm in now, and they were like, you could come here with your sneakers. I eventually went and got a pair of shoes, you know, <laughs> no. I w- but I really did live my life. You pay me for my brain, not the way I look. Right, right. Um, but the and, presentation, you have but, to eventually. But eventually, people were like, if I'm giving you this kind of money, you know, it'd be nice if you look like I could trust you, like my stockbroker. Um, so I landed up uh, partnering with somebody who also was a very authentic human being, was there full-time, and so what I would do is I would uh, find the homes for people, and then I would make sure they had somebody to protect them while if I was at a radio station or playing a festival, there was somebody physically in the office who would make sure that their needs were handled? So they, it was very win win. I got to do my creativity, but I also was involved in making sure that they were happy and well taken care of.
0: That is amazing yeah. because for most artists, that is their biggest dilemma like how to make money and still do their art. And most of the problem is scheduling. Yes. Right, right. Yeah, yeah Which is why I. You have
1: to freelance a lot, or right. you have those jobs where.
2: You know, I was brought up with not a lot of abundance. And so I have to say that my priority was, I just felt from a cellular level, I had to come up with something that would allow me to live half decent. Um, I did not have my sister and I are very different she is 100% I mean she's got a big left brain too but she is really full on artist she could live in a tent in the Mm. woods play her guitar and do her ceramics kumbaya kind of thing and I just said you know what my reaction from having that kind of a childhood was I need to make money so if a I want to eat, resta- eat at yeah. a restaurant I can go to a restaurant if I want to have a decent apartment I could have a decent apartment
1: but you know what's interesting because when a lot of times people in business say you know oh they're creative they're ditzy or they maybe won't be so responsible or they don't know how to plan things I think what what i think is a fallacy about that mm-hmm. and what someone who perhaps has more creative tendencies is they cre- creatives think out of the box yep. perhaps it's not like my husband is a very linear thinker mm-hmm. and i'm more of a frenetic back right. and forth back and forth right we will ultimately come there. to the same right. conclusion. right it's just different. different but also you sometimes because you can think out of the box you come up with a solution
2: yes well that nobody else would that come nobody up has
1: with. and the instinctual and I want to bring that up for you because I think um, one of the reasons I, I, I just hearing this that you're so successful especially at the beginning when you're younger and you're not even sure what you're doing is because because of your creativity you, you thought outside the box. Oh, yeah. And you were instinctual. And, and when I was looking at some of the write ups about your philosophy on life, is that you're, you're, you weren't looking to make you know, the sale, you were trying to make other people's dreams come true. 100%. And that led to your success. But that right. was all that right brain working there. Right, exactly. Right, yeah. right.
2: exactly. You know, and even from the market, you know, I always did say I was just doing this to make people's dreams come true. I was really floored at um the payback. you know I always say if you give without looking to get the universe will take care of you and you will get in return as long as it's a pure giving that you're doing that yeah with you know and genuine I, genuine, and I always felt like maybe I was making the kind of money I made. Because I have so many just pure artists to help support some friends. I don't know. I mean, they really did go because I used to be like, why is the universe being so nice to me? But I think, you know, I think I've come to terms that it really is because from a pure place, I, I mean, I am the broker who people come to and say, please come to my apartment, tell me what to do. And I'm the broker who walks in and says, you really don't need to sell this. Let me help you get the apartment that you're currently in in a space. That works for you because, you know what, you're telling me that you think you're going to retire in X amount of years, well, what's your monthly? You're still going to need a monthly somewhere else, you know, or somebody whose kid is going to go off to college. Why would you sell this apartment when they're going off to college where we could just make it work for you now cuz they're leaving anyway and That's then really
1: your monthly magnanimous of you. Well, it's yeah. most people cuz I do it's think almost of, unheard of I, you know.
2: I think of the big picture like where is this person gonna be? You know, I'm I want you to tell me 10 years from now or 20 years from now how happy you are. You know, I I'm going to see you in the street. I live among my buyers and sellers. And so I just think we're all in the world together and let's just try to lift everybody up. And I do feel personally, like I have been extraordinarily supported just, uh, you know, by whatever spiritual thing you believe in by just keeping, you know, my mind in that space. Well, I mean,
1: I'll I'll give you a little personal background here. How I know Amelia as this genuine, generous person truly is when when I created the TV series Good and Screwed, a friend of mine, I didn't know Amelia at that time, and a friend of mine said, listen to Amelia's dream music, maybe you'll find something there. So... I found the song Ballerina, which as soon as I heard it, I was like, that's the song, that's the song. And then, you know, I had to approach you, and you were so wonderful, saying, yes, you can use my music. And, And that's not common.
0: But that's That's, the song on our podcast, guys. And that's the (laughs) intro song
1: on our podcast, Ballerina by Amelia's Dream, which Amelia wrote and sang.
2: Looking in the Mirror. I was writing that song. (laughs) Is this really me? I've got a roadmap on my face. But
1: in an odd way, because I was just talking about how I go zigzag back and forth, is I wanted to introduce that into my next question for you, which is... You were talking about, historically, which I think is fascinating, talking about the ups and downs of the music industry, is you had met your husband and you were doing really well and doing concerts and selling your CDs, and then you got a record deal. Tell us what happened. No, no.
2: So we, we we have had the wildest ride in music. We have had very famous managers say, I'm gonna get you a record deal. And like, have rooms, I mean, it's just crazy the stuff that's happened to us. And we had somebody, another one of these very big managers who still works for a very big person right now. And they were like, I'm telling you right now on a two, like this was on a Monday or a Tuesday, it's, we just got to work out paperwork, paperwork will come. And then this huge record company swallowed another record company. Uh. And we went to the office. And he was like, there is no deal. And we were like, what do you mean there is no deal? And he was like, that company literally doesn't exist anymore. I can't remember if it was Mercury or somebody, but somebody huge, like a big company that you wouldn't think would disappear, disappeared. And I was like, well, that's, you know, we've had so many weird and look, you know, I do energy workers and I do life coaches and, you know. One of them made me write on a piece of paper all the success stuff that I've had happen. So, yes, if you looked at all the success stuff without putting in the negatives, like, I mean, here's a... I've had a lot of great things happen. I've licensed a lot to TV, movie, and films. I still do get checks, but they're weird things. Like, I think I told you this. You know, I got... A check for $300, right? And I called up ASCAP and I was like, what is up with this check? It's 20 songs of my original music with my voice, not on little things like the Disney Channel and, you know, Major Motion Pictures, Wishmaster 4, like all this stuff. And it's like 20 songs and a $300 check. Very high profile, Yeah, it's high yeah. big name yeah. companies. Yeah. And uh, I, the response was most uh, musicians and songwriters would sell their souls for that $300. And I said, well, they would be homeless. And I literally <laughs> thought in that moment, wow, you know what? I got to focus more on, you know, I was bringing a kid into the world. I bought an apartment and I just said... The music industry is not what the music industry was. And so that's really why I just started focusing on. But we, yeah, I mean, even, even down to, this is a cute little tidbit, which you can cut if it's too much.
1: No, go ahead. But,
2: um, so my favorite PR person is Ariel from Ariel Publicity. And they were doing an Oprah episode on her and her mother because her mother is a big sort of left brain business person and she's rock and roll you know, music mm. and they were doing almost their version of the left and right brain. And she said, I need a musician. Can you come and you do it? Great. You know, it's Oprah, right? So we spread out all my stuff all over the place and it's all purples and yellows and it says Amelia's dream everywhere. And and I walk in and we're having a whole conversation about my band and it airs. If you see, so I can say I've been on Oprah. (laughs) However, when you talk to the universe, be very specific. I should have said, I'd like to be on Oprah on the stage in Chicago speaking to her. But I didn't say that. So if you watch this episode, which I can show you because I have it on video, you see my face. I'm in five different vignettes. It's the Gloria Steinem episode. So they play it constantly. Okay. It's constantly repeated. So when you see the Gloria Steinem episode, that's the episode I'm on. If you know who I am, visually, because I had tons of people call me, you know I'm on Oprah. However, she had floodlights. Mm. So all the stuff that said Amelia's dream- Oh no. Is as white as this piece of paper. Oh no. And while Arielle and I are talking about my band, Oprah herself is speaking and doing a voiceover about her topic with Gloria Steinem. (laughs) So you don't even know it's me unless you saw me
0: optically, you know, visually. So you seem like in your life that you, what you said, you've had a lot of successes and then you've had some misses. Mm -hmm. So how do you pick yourself up after the miss? Do you go under for three weeks? Do you do you work with your life coach or your therapist? I mean, I don't know. What do you do? Do you have any yeah. hints or Um so I have done a lot of work.
2: I don't go to a therapist, but I am a very big believer in um, doing work. I think it is naive to think you can be great 24/7 365. And you mean work on yourself. Yes. Okay. So, um you know, as m- the joke is my sister and I were raised by wolves, so <laughs> we had to do a lot of work. Um, yes. I did something you know back in the day it was probably called est. I did it when it was called Life Spring. Very. Uh, I, I think I recall that. that. Yeah, it's very experiential. I'm a some somewhat of a righteous person, and so it's good for people who think that they know a lot, um, because nobody is really telling you anything. How you play the game is how you live your life, and the only person who knows really how you're playing the game is you, because you. you're watching yourself play the game, and you go, oh, and you know, I learned a lot. Like you could be right, or you could have what you want you don't know what you don't know. Yes. Surround yourself by those that are good for you and detach by those that are not. Um, so I did that. And then I said, that really was great for me for a few years. And then I had like a little, ironically, I've been selling real estate for 30 years. And the only time, and I live my life through rose colored glasses and I have literally had a ridiculous track record of people being very loving and honest yeah, and responsible. Yeah, you said that, which
1: I think is is very unique too it where is. when you can be so genuine and and um, all embracing of people and uh, and then all of a sudden they do something to secretly undermine you or and, and it's like right and especially no offense guys but in the real estate agency right it's kind of known as a, like a dog eat dog kind of a world
2: right and I I have to say the only three times in my entire career that anybody did something intentionally. Um, like just shocking. We're all high powered music executives, if you uh, can wrap your head oh. around that. And I was like, Wow, is that interesting? And I said to somebody, I don't even know how this particular person sleeps at night and they said to me, Oh, for what they did, they probably sleep really well because they don't even have a moral compass. There's
1: no moral compass. Yeah. Yeah. So But, but you then know. you have to go back to saying, How do I choose to live my life? How will I try to continue to surround my myself with the people who who have more of those values
2: well I think one of the best things I got out of that course was um you're in a room with like a hundred people you really get a sense of okay this person even like there was somebody who had been incarcerated you know and there's this person that person and you learn sort of the connecting uh string between all of them is Traditionally, when somebody does something negative towards you, it's really about them. True. Not towards you. So if you can work a little bit on being Teflon and go, before I let that... I've sat at a table with like 10 women who always say to me, I don't understand how you, mostly artists, because artists have more insecurity. um, (laughs) I don't understand how you like, don't let people, like somebody could almost curse at me and I would just be like, okay, what's up with you today? Yes. I don't take it that it's towards me personally. It really is. It stops somewhere between them and me in the middle. It's hanging out in there. And I go, not to say I'm not open to feedback. You know, they always say if three people say this, well, maybe you are that. Right? So you got it. But I sit there
0: and I go, is that about me or about them? Yeah. You know? But most comments of our art, and that's one of the things that I find so wonderful about art, is the human being projects everything onto our art yes right. so in a sense what you're saying so you're saying you know when somebody is mean to you it's about them but when somebody's listening to our art or hearing our art or seeing us do our art it is always about them correct because our art causes you to project onto right. the art right
2: but I, I see I will say with the real estate I could be in front of thousands of people like on Thursday I'm speaking in front of the real estate board of New York on the panel right uh-huh. which is very prestigious you know because I'm top percentile in New York real estate I have no insecurity about that with my watercolor paintings which I've had in galleries no insecurity about that I my and that's me on a, on a canvas I don't know why but with the uh, music uh, when I play a show, I, if I hear somebody, and they literally could be going, wow, she's really good, in my brain, I think they're going, you suck. And so I've had to go to, so I have a life coach. Ironically, I'm seeing her um, energy work. I'm seeing her tonight, Alita St. James. Happy birthday. Anyway, <laughs> she's another Scorpio. Um, I, so I've had to remind myself that they're not whispering, you suck. They're whispering, she's great. That's almost what... And the reality is I've never had anything negative happen from stage. I write venting. I write for me. I'm not even thinking about anybody else in that moment. But then I play a show and I have people crying asking me, you know, sign this, sign that. And they say, I know you wrote that for yourself, but my God, it feels like you wrote it for me. But
1: when you're when you're writing two things. One is when you're creating or writing anything, you're writing from when it's most touching for other people you're writing about what you know about and what's right. affecting you and therefore it affects the recipient right but also when you're talking about performing there's a vulnerability because yeah. as artists we're exposing ourselves we're expo- and
2: to other people's judgment right you know right and, and also I, and we're I,
0: exposing I, yeah. ourselves
2: ourselves which is why I'm not uh, somebody you see on stage a lot I am very picky about when I go on stage because it is too vulnerable mm-hmm. a situation for me as mm-hmm. tough as I am and I am known as a very tough person. The, only, the painting, no issue. The real estate, no issue. I, the, the lyrics, you know, my life is told through my songs. Even if it's an imagination thing, it is told through my song. It is me out there naked and exposed <laughs> and I just it's it's takes so much emotionally you know when they asked me you know I I've played some pretty major things and the feedbacks always great and you know sold a lot of CDs but I will tell you it took a lot for me to do that Apollo gig but I
1: you which know. if anyone sees the video we'll be posting links and and all on our Instagram page
0: It's just magnificent. Let's go back. You performed at the
1: Apollo? At the Apollo.
0: Right.
1: That's amazing. And wait, guys, also when we're talking about like creative and right brain, left brain, and like the, you know, the corporate world is so linear. In the creative industries, it's not linear at all. It's like, it's zigzag, it's here, there. So with the Apollo, things always seem to come from the side. It's like, you can't say I'm going to do this step and I have my five-year plan because it just does not work
2: that way. I mean, that was a really weird thing. So, um, I was really just focusing on the real estate. I had had some bizarre sunburn, crazy thing that had happened to me where I was feeling a lot of resentment. I was in Whole Foods. There was, and I used to have, I mean, I still have good skin, but I used to have spectacular. You do. Uh, <laughs> i amazing. Says, She's skin. got gorgeous skin. I but mean, it's, it's just like new. this ivory <laughs> Renaissance
1: painting skin, guys. Just she so does. you know. Yeah.
2: But I used to walk in the street, and people would come up to me, and they would either say, "Wow, you have beautiful green eyes," or they would say, "My God, you have beautiful skin." You know. And I had this horrible burn, and the skin was coming off. I mean, it was just just a horrible situation. I'm in Whole Foods, and I'm buying aloe vera, and mm-hmm. I'm looking mm-hmm. at the girl next to me, and she has beautiful skin and I'm feeling sorry for myself, back to what you were saying, like how, you know. And, and I'm feeling sorry for myself and I'm going, God, she has beautiful skin, I used to have beautiful skin. And then as she goes to pay, because they call her first, her leg is all messed up, she can uh. barely walk. And I'm literally sitting there and I go, my God, everybody's got something, nobody's got nothing. And I, the song. song just gets channeled. I'm like, could you wait to give me this song till I get home? Yes. You know, and I'm running, thank God it's around the corner from me. And I run in and I write this whole song and then my company, Halstead, calls me and they go, we know you don't like to play out live, but we're gonna do a huge thing at the Apollo Theater. Would you represent 408 Columbus? And I just had a moment and I just went, yes.
0: So wait, your your real estate company wanted you to sing? Yes. Yeah, so is are saying? Just,
2: they, yeah. So Halstead is really fabulous. They are very into, um, they have a lot of artists that work there, a lot of creative people, and they're very into supporting whatever you do on the outside that you bring makes you a stronger broker.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so they had uh, like an opera singer. They had uh, like a folk person they had a dancer, they actually had the Brooklyn Nets do their dancing there because <laughs> we have an affiliation with them and they and I said, and it was bizarre because my husband usually uh, he's a musician he's um, really an incredible musician actually um, and he usually supports me when I play out live, I haven't had to play guitar in 20 years on stage he was running something he was just named vice chair to the Songwriters Hall of Fame Music Education Department so I don't know what if that was that it was something he couldn't not do and so i had to do on top of it i had to play guitar by myself oh and i was like oh my god apollo theater and i have to play the guitar but you know what i just had one of these moments they don't know what it's supposed to look like it is what it is i was like i'm not 20 am um, 50 <clears throat> something <laughs> and I would just like, just do it. It is what it is, dress comfortable, do all your tricks for your stage fright that you have to do. I brought hot packs with me, you know, because my hands get really cold. And so I always hire a big guitar. Like my guitar player plays with Alanis Morissette. My other one plays with Sting. Like I hire really good guitar players and I, cause my fingers get very cold Yeah, and yeah. you can't play the strings with cold fingers. Right. So I had hot packs, you know, and drank my tea and went out there. And I was like, oh, my God, it's a huge audience. So, I mean, it's not bigger than probably the Beacon Theater. I haven't counted the seats, but it's not like in my living room. No. So I literally the
1: Apollo. I mean, literally took on.
2: the guitar and made a joke out of it, sort of like it was a Tony Robbins moment or a Lifespring moment. And I went, wow, this is just like my living room. <laughs> but I was being sarcastic for right. me. Right. I had a chair. I did all the things like I made my own comfortable world. Yes. I had a chair. So if I got nervous, it would be okay. I had my lyrics though. I didn't need them with a little light cause they, the lights are yes. so weird on stage. And I was not expecting the response that I got cause this is a not a room of artists. This is a room of real estate brokers. The owners are there, the managers are there. It's as you would say, very linear thinkers are in the room. And here I go. And I said to them, I will only do this gig if I play everybody's got something because I feel like that is a song that will help everybody in the world. I feel like maybe that burn happened to me because I was supposed to write this. Song. I was just
1: going to say that it's almost as if it was
2: faded. Yeah. I, I feel like that burn happened. So I would write this song because yes. it gives everybody's, you know, everything in perspective, whatever you have going on, somebody else, wishes they had that going on because they got something going on so much worse. Yes. And I play this song. You could hear a pin drop in the room. Wow. And I got all these people. They're reposting it. It's going like social media all over the place. And then people are saying to me, you know, I was, and even about real estate deals, I had this issue with a board package. Oh, my God. I needed that song today. Somebody else. Oh, my God. You just put everything in perspective. I had this issue with but. I was like, "Oh my God!" Well, because
1: you're writing from personal experience, and it's truth. It's a hum- human truth. So
0: the thing I love about you is you. You said this in the beginning. You talked about being authentic. Yeah, and you are so authentic. You are. That's why I love you. <laughs> yeah, I. It's, I it's, can't it's, help it. To, it's, to, it's something. Sometimes that, it's not good. <laughs> no, I work on that so much in my life because I, I feel like when you see somebody that's authentic you're just drawn to them they're just it's it's its just you just have to be out you have to just really try to be you well I always say that there's a lot of Henry Higgins
2: and now I'm dating myself because half anybody who's young is not gonna even know what that is but there's a show called My Fair Lady <laughs> Eliza Doolittle or for the less young people maybe um, Pretty Woman I don't know Pretty but woman, okay. I am that person who um, has landed up in a crowd of people who know how to use the forks and the knives i have no concept again raised by wolves i don't know what fork to use i don't know what glass to use so i do have people trying to help me (laughs) i was taught this have you been taught this this is a d and this is a b (laughs) so when you're under the table you go like that and you go okay so this is a d so that's my glass Oh. This is a B so that's my butter plate. I never knew that either. I never right. knew that. Well, this is cuz I'm surrounded by people who are like, "Honey, we got to help you." <laughs> you know. <laughs> like I I am authentic sometimes to a fault uh-huh. because I re- there are things I really as I said, I don't know that I don't know, even down to certain social graces or manners or stuff. But at least you know what I say is the truth. <laughs> Yes, that's why you're I on will, our show. I will tell you it's like
1: it like it is. <laughs> so, um to to kind of wrap it up, I could talk to you I think for days. Yeah, oh. we could. We uh, definitely could. Is is basically if you had to if you had to define um, your musical and real estate accomplishments in in a in, in one way how would you meld them together it's like a two part question how, how I guess my I'll rephrase the question guys so <laughs> this is unedited obviously is you've managed to balance the creative and the work life right and and you have five albums out you have another one coming out um, my favorite so far is unravel and um, and you have White Fang coming out, so you you create all these songs and you get all this inspiration, but at the same time, you do have a high-powered job, so you're, and you're successful at both. So for the people out there who are the creatives, um, or maybe don't consider themselves creative but want to become more creative, what would you say how
2: your greatest accomplishment was, and then give them some advice? So I would say one of the biggest issues in my experience that creatives, the negative, that creatives do Mm -hmm. uh, in business that you want to work on, um, because it's no excuse, no matter what you do, um, manage people's expectations, write a list, and look at your list, look at your calendar. And if you get very, so creatives get very drawn in by, walking in the street and looking at a beautiful tree yes and don't realize that you have an appointment 20 minutes later <laughs> so I have a lot of strategies in place I did take a class called Franklin Covey which says every night or and every morning frankly um, right out in a quiet space if I didn't accomplish this tomorrow what would be the thing that would be a big problem
0: Mm. You
2: do your A's and you go one, two, three. You do your B's, you go one, two, three. When you accomplish your A's, the B's become the A's. So the B's move into the A's once the A's have been handled. You really gotta prioritize cause it's, it's naive to think you will remember, and it is naive to think that you will handle everything cause it's, even if you think it's important, um if you live a big life then you have a lot going on and people that are successful do organize every night every morning they write out the list every night they write out the list every morning and they retrack it
0: yeah i started doing that actually mm-hmm. just naturally mm-hmm. um so i wouldn't forget things yeah you know, because of my uh, father in law is starting to get, you mm-hmm. know, lose it. A, I mean, not lose I it. I just wrote a song about that. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, we could talk about that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so that's what they've been telling him to do. They were like, yeah. you know, write out lists. And I said, God, I should write out lists. Mm-hmm. And what's great is when you check it off, it yes. releases endorphins. Yeah, you feel good about yourself. Mm-hmm. I write so many lists. Like yes. you're like, I went to the bank today. Yes. Check it you off. Check Absolutely. <laughs> <Yay>. Right. <laughs> Yeah, seriously, and then
2: and then I do uh, with the calendar. I work everything backwards. So my son's having a bar mitzvah. They think I'm insane, but I said, you know, what are we in? We're in November now. I said, I want to know in May what uh what do you need from me, timing wise, because I'm going to clear time, and they think that's insane. But the reality is, May will be here tomorrow. Right. You know. So I work backwards. I do. What's happening in a year? What's happening in six months? What's happening in three months? What's happening in a month? What's happening in three weeks, two weeks, one week? Da, da, da. And that is also my clients when I sell real estate do actually say to me, I don't understand how you got me to 10 apartments in a day all on time. And I visualize this is the right brain. I visualize I'm physically in the apartment. How big is the apartment? They'll probably walk through. Da, 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 da. Now I've got three blocks this way, two blocks that way. It doesn't make sense to take a cab. Okay, that's gonna take two minutes and then I pad for five minutes and so I you know, maybe it's a twenty minute experience and I do that throughout the entire showing and it is. We end at the end of the day and they're like literally we're
0: within five minutes of You should produce Broadway shows. <laughs> <laughs> or or a big huge movie. Aww. So musically because
2: what's your greatest accomplishment? Um I think my current record is my greatest it's not released yet The white fang album the or? white white flag white flag um i'm gonna probably name the record everybody's got something I just because it. it really resonates with me um i also wrote a song called uprooted which probably will resonate and make people cry um just about how in this lifetime you know when i grew up everybody uh, played on one block you know, and you went to the school on the block, we didn't have school zones, none of that stuff. And now with the economics, you know, with the invention, I'm dating myself again, of computers, suddenly we're more in an international economic environment. And so people are not staying, you know, New York City, I grew up here when it was $80 a month. People are not staying in New York City because they can't afford to stay in New York City. Now they have to get up. There are people literally going across the country, across the world for economics. And so everybody's been uprooted. And, you know, yes, computers are great. Social media is great. Facebook, Instagram, all this stuff. But really, I believe in the human connection. Just us sitting here, there's an energy that you feel. You do not feel that energy no matter how much you like or tag or something. That energy only exists when you're in a room with people.
1: Yeah, we were just talking about that, about how younger generation i feel anyway this is my personal opinion um they like to text or write right but you you lose nuance you look lose tone you lose intent yeah and really just you just was like can we just pick up the phone and speak to one another and
2: everything will just be fine right and i i will take it a step further i'm not a huge phone person i would rather come to your house meet you at a shop I'd rather take extra time to be in the physical space with you than make that phone call. Because of the human connection. Yeah, there's an energy that, you know, there was a whole thing that went on. I can't remember what it was, but there was some horrible thing that happened with uh, killing, whatever. And there was something that went viral. And there's a police officer in like a 7-Eleven. And there's an African-American woman who walks in. And this went viral, so you might remember what I'm talking about. And he's hugging her, right? And she's Mm -hmm. hysterical crying. And people say, I don't understand, you know, why he was
0: so loving. And and I said, that is a human
2: connection But I have to say,
0: one thing I do like about texting, because I'm always trying to, I'm still working on, you know, using my voice. And I find that when I text, I'm a lot more direct. Efficient. Of direct. Yeah. In other words, I ask for what I need right. when I text and that sometimes in a, you know, phone call. Right. I'm a little bit like, well, I mean, I don't know if right. I really need right. this, but you know, could you maybe right. and it gets into like, you know, you know, apology, I'm sorry, woman right. land. Right. Where with a text, I feel like my, you know, I'm just can be very direct and I say what I want and And then I I was telling you this the other day. I said, just press send. And then I just do it, you know? Well, I think there's a time and place for everything. I am...
2: My friends will laugh if they listen to this because they'll be like, you're the queen of texting. <laughs> but I use texting to be efficient. Like, uh-huh. I'm going to meet you at this restaurant at this time. Got it, yes, da-da-da-da. Or let's get together on this I do date. that too, yes. I agree with you about yeah. that. So I do. I mean, it's not like I don't oh, do
1: Yeah, texting. no, but I'm, I'm just talking about more something more substantive. Yes. And, and I'm just talking about... You know, if, if there are issues or you're first getting to know someone, yes. or sometimes you just literally hearing a human voice, even if you're not face right. to face, it's a different interaction. Well, And yeah, I, I, yeah. I have found that just for mm-hmm. me, I, and, and I am actually, no one ever believes me, but when I was growing up, I was, I was stultifyingly shy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm still an introvert. Mm-hmm. So, my going out and socializing or talking is sometimes that, that can deplete yeah. me, and I don't always want to do it, quite Correct. honestly. Right. But I'm really good one on one. I right. love being one on one because right. I find people very interesting, and also I can use all of my instincts right. when I'm speaking to someone and going back and forth. And that's how I create my connections with people. You know? And so, when it's all this You're an introvert extrovert. I've, I've learned how to become right. an extrovert, but it's
2: still... But you're an introvert. I'm an that's, introvert. That's an extrovert when you're one-on-one.
1: Because I, yes, yes. and I've had to learn how I'm to very be more sim- I'm very similar. I
2: mean, you had to see me at parties. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when
1: I was growing up. Yeah. I mean, I dressed to kill. Right. But, like, if you talk to me, right. you want to talk to me? <laughs> I, I right. wanted to. Right. But I, I, I became very shy. Right. I, I don't have another word for and it. And then
0: I'm the rebel. So I would show up at the party where everybody has on their heels, and I still do this now in my tennis shoes. Oh yeah, no makeup. Right. With my like fuck you attitude. Right, <laughs> right, right. But I on had that, to develop that fuck you attitude. But, on, but anyway. that's why we're a good team. Yes. Yeah. But on ying that, and yang. the, the on my that business note, partner and I are ying and yeah. yang. Andrew, we yeah. should get we, we we should do the three questions. Yeah, we would okay. like to ask our guests three questions. So the first question is the first question is what excites you
1: now, and it's just instinctual, like yeah.
2: Um, I'm very excited by my new record. Okay. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, and I'm very excited. Uh, that's in the, the arts and the creativity. I'm very excited about my husband and all the stuff he's got going on with, uh, his music and my son in school. And I'm excited about even just going to the real estate board in New York on Thursday. I'm like, that's pretty cool. That is cool. That is cool. All
0: right. Okay. What steams you makes you mad? I cannot stand inauthenticity. Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) I hate phoniness. It makes my skin crawl.
0: Wow, sticking to topic. We like you. And that's yeah. And then wait. The third more. The third one is, what would you say to younger women? Not your younger self, right? We're switching it around here. But what would you say to like a younger woman if you wanted to give her any advice? You know, this was actually what came
2: up on the Oprah thing. So I would say go look up the Gloria Steinem episode because they talked about this um i would say number one men uh save money more than women do so start saving your money even if you're 20 years old Great. i read something that if you put two thousand dollars a year in a roth ira four or five years you could be looking at a million dollars when you're 65 so start doing that immediately yeah, i was men, always a saver yeah. men do men don't do that i wish somebody had told
0: me that when i was younger i it's was not a saver yeah, it's
2: literally when i've spoken at schools it's the first thing out of my mouth you're all 15 years old go start, start money, saving start <laughs> putting money away because compound interest right Two. Stopping so insecure you take everything personally you think everybody's judging you 99% of the time it is not about you, they're not even thinking about yes. you, it is about them Yes. Yes. Um, uh, you could be right you could have what you want and surround yourself by those that are good for you and detach yourself by those that are not and also I, Eckhart Tolle the power of now, put mm. it on your Alexa or listen to it in an audible it will change your life, it changed my life I will tell you your unconscious is speaking to your conscious and so you want the unconscious to be your own voice, so you need to be great. Gr- I am grateful for this. I'm grateful for that. Grateful for your calm, serene, happy, and healthy. Whatever your gratitude list is, write out a gratitude list. Say it every day.
0: Great. Okay. Great advice. Well, uh, th- Amelia, thank yeah, you I'm so much. Like I'm blown Dr. away Honor. by oh, you. Yeah, and you. I've you. learned you so much. I know. This was amazing. This was guys. amazing.
1: Thank you. I mean, it was and, fun. and this, I think, is playing during the holidays. I mean, you're like a present oh, fun. to everyone. Oh, you're our present yes, to everyone. This is our
0: present.
2: Yes. Oh, well, go on Amelia's dot and listen to Everybody's Got Something. You'll I think You'll it cry. will help you through whatever you're going through. Yes.
1: And we'll have more information about all the links in, at our Instagram page. And so quickly. Uh, we have a book recommendation every cool. single episode. And this one is called The Bitch is Back by by a lot of people, but it's edited by Kathy Hanauer, H-A-N-A-U-E-R. And it's, it's uh, sharing stories from women who are in their effulgent years wow. and how they've grown on all different topics and um, topics about and ruminations and perspectives about love, sex, work, family, body image, health. I mean, basically everything that this podcast is about. So yes. we recommend this book.
0: Yes. I
2: like the title. Yeah,
1: I know. Yes. I love
0: the Isn't title. It sounds yes.
2: like I should write a song about it. Yes, you should.
0: <laughs> you can borrow the, <laughs> the book. The bitch is back. Yes.
1: So, um, so thank you. And, and remember, remember, kindness
0: counts. counts. And remember, kindness counts. <laughs> Is this a real